This is the Indesa Members Memo, a podcast of the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. Indesa is 100% member-owned and is your industry voice. Drug-Free Business MRO Services is now a preferred provider to Indesa members. Fast turnaround, 24-7 MRO review, and reporting to federal and non-DOT drug tests directly to you and your client's dashboard. Indesa's members set up and annual membership fees are waived, saving you $150 per year. You and your clients get complimentary access to the $49 live two-hour reasonable suspicion training for supervisors with certificates of completion. Drug-Free Business has three certified MROs, three certified MRO staff members, and three CSAPA experts to answer your questions and assist you and your clients. You can reach out to Drug-Free Business MRO Services at 1-800-598-3437 or client service at drugfreebusiness.org. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Indesa Members Memo. My name is Joe McGuire, and I am the Executive Director for the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. And today we get to do another member interview. I'm so excited. I know you guys love these episodes. And joining us today is Venus Mills of Drug Free Business. Hello, Venus, and welcome. Hello, and thank you. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm so glad to finally meet you. Like, we are on a Zoom. The the listeners won't see our video, but um, we've emailed back and forth, and we were saying when we got on the Zoom, we have actually get to talk to each other, like, face-to-face today. So it's nice to finally meet you. How long have you been in the drug testing industry? Uh, 22 years. Oh, my goodness. Why have we not met before? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know we've, we've corresponded lots um, mm-hmm. in years, and I think even on LinkedIn, but um, yeah, I'm not sure either. So yeah. and we'll, just that. we'll have to, you know, I'll go to Andesa conference. and, and For we'll- sure. <laughs> yes, hopefully we can see each other in Indianapolis this spring. Now, you are with Tom Poole's group, Drug Free Business, yes. and you guys are up in uh, the, the um, Seattle area, right? Yes. Uh, we're located the office is located in the suburb of seattle bothell washington mm-hmm. so, yep. you've got the pacific northwest up there and uh so tell yes. us a bit about drug-free business and your role there and and what all you guys do okay well um drug-free business nonprofit organization and we help companies nationwide with their drug testing workplace programs um been around since 1988 so i I came to drug free business as the accountant. That's my background of a BA in accounting in 2001. But after a few years in the industry, I studied and took the CSAPA exam and, um, you know, started taking on more of the role as an administrator, as well as doing accounting. I took over as executive director in 2012. Um, as most people in the industry know, Tom Poole, um, he's the founder of drug free business and my mentor. And, um, so he kind of stepped down and is doing more of the stuff that he loves, more of the, you know, web design and trainings and stuff. And, and I took on the day-to-day operations. So That is a great partnership. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a wonderful partnership. It's, 
you did surprise me there. You, you came in as a, like a CPA doing accounting and next thing you're taking the CSAP exam. What that says to me is you did a lot of hands-on in the office learning the drug testing side because you don't just sit for the SAPA exam out of the blue. <laughs> That's absolutely. I mean, I just, I took such an interest. It was such an interesting world to get involved in, you know, even though I was at the accountant, it was like, wow, there's, it's not black and white. This industry is not black and white. There's a lot of things to learn and regulations. And I found it challenging and exciting at the same time. And um, I even did, you know, the urine collections and went through the training and did the MRO assistant course and, you know, did all of those things so I could be real rounded in the industry before I took the CSAP exam. I'm also on the, um, the CDAPA board as the treasurer. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So okay. the last three years, and they just asked me to do another three years. So I signed on for another three years. <laughs> Wonderful. Congratulations. We love that organization. And we do provide some educational credits, especially for our conferences. And I, I have a tendency to forget to submit our webinars. I apologize to <laughs> the entire world right now. But um, I... I am always so proud at how many CEUs we issue at our conference um, with, through the organization, and, and I love it that you're involved there now. Um, so you have, gosh, been, done all of the things, <laughs> MROs and everything, but, but also, Tom, now, um, let me back up just a minute for those who may be struggling with the frame of reference, because drug-free business may not sound familiar to some people because of just your location, you're up there in the Northwest, and uh, we tend to get really regional-focused sometimes, um, but for those attending weekly town hall, Tom Poole has become our elder. Like he is <laughs> our fountain of wisdom. If someone asks a really hard question and Tom is not on that day, we're all like, where's Tom when you need him, man? <laughs> and, um, he yes, he's the just, best. Yeah, he is such a, um, I mean, I just, he's like an encyclopedia. I, I told Bill Judge yesterday when I was interviewing him, you are a walking, talking encyclopedia, but he's with drug testing law. Tom Poole is with just um, drug testing rules and policies and procedures in general. And what, a, what an honor for you. I know when you work with someone day to day, you know if they, you know, uh, all, all their foibles or whatnot, but, but really from the, just the knowledge um, what an honor for you to to have been seated with Tom and grow up in this business under him. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's just yeah. amazing. Um, and so why is drug-free business a nonprofit? That is interesting to me because I don't hear of a lot of other companies that have set up that way in our industry. That's a great question. So you know, like I said, back in the early 1980s, when drug testing was starting to become, you know, a thing <laughs> required in some industries, well, um, Tom Poole was asked to start offering trainings and stuff. So he was, I, I believe he was still with DEA at the time, um, and he was just moved back to the Pacific Northwest, and they, he was asked to do that. So Drug Free Business was, was founded on the premise of, of just helping employers um, start their drug testing programs and offer them training and guidance and and um, regulations. And Tom had, even in DEA, had been done doing trainings on signs and symptoms and reasonable suspicion kind of training for DEA for many 
years. So this just, just fit perfectly. And so it was established, you know, there was a few grants, I believe, from Boeing, maybe Microsoft at the time. And so it was established as a nonprofit, not knowing that this was just going to explode. Mm-hmm. So he ran it um, perfectly and brilliantly by running it as a business. So it's for profit. We have to make a profit, right? Sure. To, we developed our own dashboard and our, you know, our own system, our own software system, and we're still develop, developing it and improving it upon, you know, even today. Um, but so that's why it started as a nonprofit. So I guess the big difference is we can never sell drug-free business because it's a nonprofit. And once it's established as a nonprofit organization with the IRS, it's almost impossible to go ahead and switch it over to a for-profit business. So um, it, it, does, it is confusing for people, but we do um, try to live as much as possible by the nonprofit ethics and code, where we try to keep prices as low as possible. We have not raised prices on our members in seven years. Wow. You know, we, we negotiate and we try our best to do everything we can to keep it where everybody can afford it, even owner operators, you know, single owner businesses. Um, and, you know, provide, you know, like Tom provides guidance all the time to people for free mm-hmm. and says, you know, I'm not an attorney and this is not legal advice and full disclaimer, right. his advice is golden and it is. Uh, people normally would have to pay a lot of money for that. So that's just one example of where we start still trying to give back as much as possible, mm-hmm. um, but we definitely make a profit. Sure. Yeah, it's, it, it can be confusing that time. Well, and we, uh, and DESA is a nonprofit as well. And, and, you know, we are allowed to um, make a profit as well, membership dues and and training Mm -hmm. courses and whatnot. Um, There just are things that you abide by, you know, within that code of um, like lobbying and and this and that. Uh, So we can advocate and we can cooperate with those who do lobby, but we are very careful about what that looks like. Um, But yeah, absolutely. You, you are right. Um, you guys do give so much. And I am always surprised to learn what all you do. So it, you've, you've gone above and beyond employer education. Tell me about the aspects, um, the, the, the other aspects that you have um, in the company. Like you guys are a preferred provider within DESA. And um, let me see. I want to read this because I, I'm always, every time I read it, I'm like, what? Uh, you provide nationwide medical review officer services. Um, and then let's see, you use a proprietary software platform. Is that called Gertrude? It's called Gertrude. That's the program that we developed. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're ever interested, I can send you the link to it that just shows, you know, the training. It's, it's pretty cool. We're pretty proud of it um, because, you know, we've, we've worked with programmers to specialize in our industry. So we've looked at box kind of programs and none of them do as much as Gertrude does. And I'll tell you a little story. Gertrude started out as a joke, right? So a joke meaning the name. Um, <laughs> I don't know if a lot of people know this, but when we first started developing the program, we're like, what do we call this? Like it's becoming a life of her own, right? And somebody just threw out a name. How about Aunt Gertrude or, you know, something like that. And and it just kind of stuck as we were creating it. And um, everybody was like, hey, what did Gertrude do today? And print out a report from Gertrude. And so it just became a joke. So now, you know, we, we branded the name Gertrude and electronic reporting test data, right? So um, nice. <laughs> we, 
Burke because we couldn't change the name after the fact because everybody loves Gertrude. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's kind of funny story, but we have three MROs in house. Wow. Um, so yes, you know, of course we, as a lot of people in the industry know as a TPA and, and if you're offering MRO services to or receive the lab data into Gertrude, our MROs review the drug test results. We have four MRO assistants. Um, and of course we have our, our accounting staff and our client service staff. And we have, we also, also offer collections at our Bothell location. Wow. And that, yeah, and that started out to be just for convenience sake for some of our clients because some of the bigger clinics had, you know, left the area or, you know, closed down. And um, we're like, oh, let's just open collection site as well. And I'm telling you, we have, there's a wait, there's a wait you know, for the collections every single day. And I wish we had more bathroom, more space to, yeah. to offer. Um, oh, that's, I, I had no idea, literally. So let me jump back a minute. Gertrude, is, um, is that a TPA software platform that anyone can use? It is, yes. Wow, okay. Yes. Um, we yeah. wanna make sure that we are helping people understand that that's something that's available because we get questions all the time now we you know as a membership association we have to be careful about um, favoritism and you know fair competition and all of that but um, i always try to give a list like call all of these sources and and ask around and then ask other people in the business who do they use who do they like i think you guys have kind of a um, very well kept secret there in a sense for especially because there's so many people new to our industry who are just starting out. Um, we saw, you know, during COVID when um, EMSI closed down, um, mm -hmm. you know, we lost that collection site network across the country. A lot of people were panicking. I cannot tell you. I mean, I, I think we've seen probably a few hundred new brand new collectors come into the industry. A lot of people who are doing other types of medical services, maybe phlebotomy or whatnot, um, and they've decided to add drug collections. So our mentoring program has grown and a lot of, that's why Town Hall thrives so well. Um, and it really is a classroom uh, because we have people like Tom and Jan Corman and Joe Riley and all these folks on there and all these um, new members are coming to the table and just picking their brains. And it's yeah. fabulous, you know, it's like a <laughs> weekly uh, panel or round table. It's, it's really awesome. Um, but, I need to join that as well, because I know Tom always, and I figure, oh, he's in, he's, you know, representing drug free business. He's in there. I know he's in there every Wednesday. Yeah. Um, the more you talk about it, it's like, okay, I need, I need to check it out too. It's, so. And it's a lot of fun as well, because uh, someone, uh, Rita Lebo told me, uh, I think it was last week, she goes, of all the years I've been in this industry and she's getting ready to retire soon. And she's like, it's the first time there's been something where I, I can go talk to people that know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, isn't that the truth? Yes. <laughs> you know how that goes. Um, you, you get in a, a, a group at the chamber after hours and you start talking about your job and they stare at you like, what are you nuts? Um, yes. <laughs> you know, so when you're, when you're with your fellow collections geeks, it's the, uh, geeks, it's the best. Um, I, I just want to say quickly that uh, even though I had said earlier, we can meet up in Indianapolis in the spring. I hope you know that in 2023, we are actually going to be in Bellevue, Washington. Did you know that? I did not really. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that is exciting because nobody ever comes over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, we are we are going to be up in Bellevue, so you guys should come. You know, when um, last year in uh, St. Louis, one of our um, state affiliates that that is located there, he just had his whole team come and run the um, welcome the registration booth. So. Um, you know, get you guys some exposure, wear your company shirts and all that fun stuff. You know, we'll do something fun with drug-free business, but yeah. Yeah, just... that sounds exciting, and we're more than happy to help out. I can get staff to help out. Just let us know. Yeah, yeah that'd be so fun. Yeah, like I said, we, we you know, there's Vegas, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. in Vegas or something like that, um, Arizona a couple of times, but Washington, we're just kind of forgotten, are we? <laughs> I know. We really wanted to get up to that region. Um, we have like our Alaska people are, you know, why don't you guys come to Alaska? Well, you know, we have, we have a heavy uh, population in our industry in in Florida and the whole Eastern seaboard. And so, you know, I, I've heard from some folks of like, you know, why are we flying all the way to Washington? Well, they always fly all the way to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> We're trying to spread it out a little bit, but yeah, we really wanted to get up there. And um, so I'm really glad that we're doing that. Now, um, tell me when, this is what I always love to ask people when I'm interviewing. What is one of the things that really draws you to this industry that you just love about um, your job and coming to work every day? Because, um, you know, a lot of people get uh, bored at work and they switch jobs or careers after um, you know, eight or 10 years, uh, I'm hearing the average is actually about six years is considered like a long timer. And then they go, man, I'm out of here. Um, mm -hmm. What is it that keeps you coming back every day? I mean, again, that's another great question because when I think back 22 years flew by like so, so, so fast. And, um, you know, why did I stay in this industry and, and what keeps me going every single day and even with this COVID thing we stayed going strong the whole time because we were asked to to stay open as, as an essential business and um and it did get a little tiring but, but um it, I, I think you hit it right on the nail where where it's it's not boring there's mm -hmm. always something to learn and there's some things like maybe I haven't done something in a while. Maybe maybe I haven't looked at the collection, you know, procedures for a little while, and then it, you know something comes up or an employee asks a question. Oh, oh yeah, let's look that up. And you know, it's just it's never a mundane process. Mm -hmm. um, and most of our staff are have been with me for ten plus years. That's so, awesome. Yeah, really, really low turnover. Where we have turnover is in the collection position. Yes. Yeah. The collector. I think everybody, you know, <laughs> we all have that. that all, right. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's a real struggle in the industry. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's all fun and games, you know, we get yelled at at times and you know, there's people that think that we ruin their lives because we had to report that they, you know, didn't pass their test. And, right. um, you know, so, so at times it's daunting, but yeah, it's, it's because there's always something new to learn. And, Honestly, I love helping employers because this is not an industry where you can just learn it overnight. Right? We all know that it's just so much. And, and there's so many resources out there for employees mm -hmm. to protect employees, you know, resources for employees, HR, all these things. But for employers, where do they go to really get some answers? Right. And I love providing those suggestions, answers, guidance, whatever it may be. Um, it really makes me feel good that I could help out. You actually, I mean, the length of time that you've been in 22 years is, uh, gosh, over three quarters of the 
life of workplace drug testing by DOT standards, right. uh, which hasn't even hit the 30-year mark yet. Um, so, I mean, here you are, you came in as a CPA and you are an industry expert and it's, um, it's difficult, I think, to find that industry where you can literally become an expert and have people call on you and rely on you. And it, it is a huge responsibility. I mean, every time I hear of, like I just mentioned, Rada's retiring and there's several people, um, I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago who's retiring and it just almost hurts my heart. Like, I'm so happy for them that they get to retire, but then I'm like, your brain is leaving us. Right. <laughs> yeah. And you know so much. <laughs> yeah. And when you have that, because I know one of these days, Tom's going to look at you and say, Venus, I think I'm going to retire and I will all cry because um, yes. that, that wealth of experience and information, you, you know, and yeah, we can read the rules um, and they're, they're very clear, but it is exactly what you said. No two days are alike. And right. you learn from those different experiences of, well, this one time when that happened, this is how it went. And so you, you build that, you know, and this is what we exactly. should do next time because it worked or don't do that again because that went south. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and we're still learning today. I mean, we just had um, yesterday a big conversation with my staff on small business consortiums. We have a huge consortium and, um, I noticed in, in, in the last couple of years, there are a lot of, um, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's several TPAs and stuff that are saying here, drug-free business, you take our owner operators, you take these small companies because when the clearinghouse came into place, um, we don't want to deal with it or we don't have the staff or the resources. So, um, wow. so just, just learning how to navigate and keep track of all the queries and, and stuff in-house, those are things that, I mean, again, it's new, it's brand right. new. And, and it can be exciting to, to figure out new processes, internal processes, and to handle. And you know, like we said, our mission is to help even single, you know, single owner-operator companies. And so I want them to have a home. And they have one with us. And we'll help them as much as we can. I, I'm so glad to hear that because you cannot even know the number of times we get calls at Indesa from owner-operators. And this might just shock you because I think it surprises me every time it happens. They call me up and they say, I'm in a consortium, but I don't know the name of it. Can you help me find it? Oh, wow. And I'm like, have you, do you have an email? Did you get a letter? Did you, and they can't find it. They, they're like, I know that I'm in, I know I'm in the pool, but I, I don't, I, and, and so every now and then I'll get one little piece of information. Like, I think it was in, Pennsylvania, or I think it was here, I think it was uh, something that sounds familiar. We have a surprisingly successful <laughs> matchup rate. Um, but, but there have been times, I remember one time an owner operator, I think they were up in Minnesota. We could not, we just couldn't find it. And, and they were getting audited and they knew they were in a pool somewhere. They actually had, um, this is so weird. They had an MIS report that had been printed out and sent to them, but there was no information on it of where it came from and they just couldn't track it down so the auditor could oh, wow. see that they had an MIS report had their company name on it and everything but they didn't know it so we just matched them with someone new but um can you believe like I'm so glad that you <laughs> you help owner operators feel like there's a home and someone that they can connect with because they do need that sense of belonging they need education they need updated on you know new processes and procedures and 
The other thing that I'll tell you too that I love about what you're doing is um, I am very surprised by the number of owner operators that when they finally get called into the random pool and they have a shy bladder, they are completely unaware of the processes. And collection sites are very frustrated because they feel like the owner operators are not getting educated in driving school on this issue. However, um, I don't know that that's the problem. I honestly think when you have a guy who's been on the road for 20 years, he doesn't remember what you do in a shy bladder. He's never had that happen before. And when it's his first time and he's kind of an old timer in, in a sense, you know, in the industry, yeah, you have to give the clear instruction and we are seeing violations that are going in clearinghouse. And I think it's a shame. Um, because I think we're not on the collection site level taking the time to educate our drivers and give them the respect of, hey, by the way, if this happens, here's the procedures. And we've got some, like some collection sites that are being, um, I, I don't know if the word is overly harsh, but I think there's a blind spot in not reminding them what happens during a shy bladder so that yes. if they step out on the sidewalk to smoke or take a phone call, they're not getting a test canceled because it, it, I think a lot of it is unintentional. Um, I'm sure so, it is. Yeah. It's so easy to say, okay, I've got to wait. I'm going to step outside and smoke a cigarette or mm -hmm. make a phone call or whatever it may be. Uh, I do hear our collectors constantly because we, you know, we do. I, I'm glad you said that. We instill that all the time. You must tell them that it can be a refusal to test if they walk out that door. Yeah. And so I will hear, I can hear from my office and the collection the collector is talking so i know they're doing that so thank goodness <laughs> yeah it, it's something that we've got to start showing up on and paying attention to but i'm glad folks can find a niche with you um the next time i have someone who has no idea who their tpa is i'll tell them to call me <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> i can it's, see that happening right when i can visualize everything you just said that you get an mis report there's no um logo or no company name or something and, and they're just wondering well who do I who is my company <laughs> yeah it's it's really an odd thing but um you know I I worked for a collection site for a good while based out of Alaska TSS and um we got a midwest contract and um and it was for TPA you know management services and so um Renee sent me out there to this um it was like um Iowa, let's see, Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, I think was the tri, it was like a tri-state thing. Mm -hmm. So she's like, go out there and meet the people in and go to the collection sites and make sure they're up to standards. We just won, won this open bid. So we had no idea like anything about them. <laughs> and we got out there and a lot of these owner operators, um, you know, we're trying to call them to let them know that their TPA had changed. And they're, and I, I talked about this with someone on a podcast a few weeks ago that we were doing, but they are farmers and they are working out in the field and they drive in the off season. They don't have cell phones. They don't have emails. You're calling the home phone and they answer when they come in off the field at night. Oh yeah. Yep. You know? And so if you don't tell that person, I'm your TPA and here's how you contact me. And they're like, can you mail me something? And we're like, like in the mail. <laughs> 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 what do you mean you don't have an email you want me to send something in the mail yeah <laughs> um, and that was recently that was not 10 years ago right no I know I know it's still I mean we have a lot of rural areas you know in Washington State too on the other side of the state and so yeah we're um that is that 
sometimes it's really hard because you're trying to get a hold of this person and you can't seem to get a hold of them. But um, Erin in our MRO department and random selection department, we were actually talking yesterday and she said, yeah, I still have owner operators. They'll, they'll call me just to double check. I haven't heard from you. Do I need to, you know, do a test? And I think that's great. At least they're, they're aware that something, they may be selected and they're calling back. Yes. Are you still yeah. operating? Are you, you know, yeah. yeah. Especially during COVID, it's so important. And I think another way that it helps is um, with the driver shortages that we are experiencing in the country and all that's going on in the trucking industry. And I, I know we're focusing on trucking and there's other aspects, but, um, you know, they're getting beat up the most, I think. And mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been challenging to attract new drivers. And I, I think if we treat them right and uh, help them along the way, because, you know, we all know drug testing can feel very punitive, but that's certainly not how we intend it. We want it to be part of your safety plan. So nice. I love that you guys um, do that. And it, it, it is really exciting to me to hear that from you. Yeah, um, good. You know, we yeah. try, we try. Yeah. And a, another big aspect, you know, of, of what we do, and I think that's different because you asked earlier about what sets us apart is um, our Gertrude or our platform, our dashboard, um, we also designed it to work well with clean card programs. So unions and stuff that share workers. So oh, cool. that's a, that's a huge um, aspect of our business. We have a lot of unions in the area and they can share workers back and forth and and you know, there's like different colored lights that we have on our dashboard that mean different things. So they're super clear on what wow. test and how the selection follows um, each contractor because they may work one place one day and another contractor another day on these big construction sites. So um, that's another aspect of, of what we do. I just that's really neat. That is why Tom knows so much about what to do with people who could fit into a couple of different pools. <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, I just made a big connection there because every time every time that question comes up on town hall, Tom's raising his hand and he waits so patiently until I go, Tom, you have something to say on this? He lays it out. <laughs> now, up there in your area, um, based on just where you are at in relation to Seattle, do you work with a lot of Coast Guard? Yes, we do. I bet uh, you do, yeah. yeah. The, you're kind of on that, um, you know, in, in a in Alaska, because uh, TSS is on the Alaska Marine Highway, and you guys are like mm -hmm. coming down to the end of where everybody empties out and then turns around and goes back yep. up. So I yes. bet, I, yeah, I, I can see. Um, I have to tell you that I was flown from Colorado a couple of different times to do reasonable <clears throat> suspicion training in Seattle, and it would have saved a ton of time and money if I would have known you were there. <laughs> literally didn't know and that, that was several years back like probably five or six years ago but um I won't make that mistake again <laughs> oh yeah and yeah we have on-site collectors that are you know even currently going out to the ships when they come in and do their their random testing and stuff for them so we do okay. have resources for that I bet that makes a ton Fly all the way from Colorado <laughs> no <laughs> Well, and I feel bad, like TSS flew me out there on their dime and we could have just hired you guys. So now in your member deal that you offer for our members, it is um, setup fees and annual membership dues worth $150 per year. Um, in days of members, 
uh, will receive complimentary access to the live webinar reasonable suspicion training, which saves $49 per person. Now you just, didn't you just unveil an all new reasonable suspicion training? Is that correct? Well, we offer reasonable suspicion trainings uh, once a quarter. Okay. And, um, we only charge the $49 um, because we, you need to charge something, but I know most classes, what, $99. I don't want people to think that they're not getting value. We're just, again, that nonprofit, we're trying to sure. let everybody afford it, right? right. Um, but yeah, we, we have it once a quarter. So people can go onto our website, sign up, and yeah, through the deal with Endesa, they get that complimentary. They just need to let us know and we'll get them That's through. pretty amazing. and. So the cool thing about your reasonable suspicion training is we have one, you know, we all have, a, everybody's got a reasonable suspicion training. Right. Um, and ours is offered through our, our platform. But I have to say that with Tom having a background in DEA, you must have some really cool drug education going on there. Absolutely. And you know what, we get so much positive feedback on that training. And I love it even after all these years, you know, because I'll be watching it and be in the background answering the questions because it is a live webinar. And um, it's still, he'll, every once in a while, he'll throw in something new. What? I didn't know that. You know, <laughs> you know, it's such, I tell Tom all the time, you can never leave me. Like, right. he'll, he'll have to always work. Um, and, and I think he's fine with that for now. Good. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, and we have uh, a, a few retired cops in our industry, um, actually more than a few. And then um, recently, well, um, when we founded our board, Keith Graves, who was um, drug enforcement in Oakland, California, was a founding board member, and he became ill and had to uh, retire early. And um, he's recovering a bit through taking really good care of himself. He's recovering a bit, and he's going to do drug awareness, uh, a drug awareness webinar for us in the spring. And I'm so excited because those guys who teach um, drug recognition and, you know, right. any of those task force guys, they just, I mean, it's not only cool information, but it really enriches our ability to say to an employer, you might have this problem. Um, right. You know, the more you can recognize what all these weird things look like, because I know um, as a mom who had a son who got into drugs, I was very naive to it. I didn't know what I was looking at right in front of my face. You know, I can imagine. And I think that's really common, is. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even us that are in the industry, we may not be aware. And so I think it's, people do ask me every once in a while if I'm just having a conversation. I think my sister asked, I was in California for a few days uh, last week and, and she asked me, so how can you tell if, you know, what is, and I said, well, the biggest sign is the eyes, right? Mm -hmm. I tell you so much. And, and I kind of went into that whole spiel and I felt like, okay, I'm, I'm Tom Poole, you know, <laughs> yeah. Through Venus, you know? And, um, but, but yeah, sometimes it just kind of flows out and, and I'm seeing the same thing that he has been seeing for years. So, I mean, like you said earlier, I am so blessed and lucky to have him as my mentor and, and like I said, I just, I don't know where I would be without him. He's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad that you agreed to be interviewed with us today. I'm so enjoying getting to know you. One last question, I think maybe I'll probably think of one more after this, but um, what is like one of the most humorous things that's ever happened to you in your career that you look back and go, okay, that one would go in the book. Everybody, every, everyone says one of these days are going to write a book about drug testing. You know, we all say it. We need yes. to compile the volume. Um, <laughs> 
what is the one that you always point back to and go, that was the craziest thing nobody would ever believe happened? Um, you know, I don't know if I would say it's the craziest, but something that, that always sticks in my mind is when we first started offering uh, to do collections, like I said, we opened it in the area just to help out our local clients. And at the time, there was only a few of us on staff and, and um, we had a retired um, Navy guy, uh, Larry, and he was our DOT compliance and, you know, kind of gruff, but, you know, I loved him, but he's kind of gruff. So he was the, it. he was dubbed it. You have to do the collections until we, you know, build up enough to hire a collector. And so I just remember, and again, keep in mind, I was the accountant at the time and I could kind of hear what's going on. And, and I heard him go, you know, kind of gag, at, you know, after he had told the person to go into the bathroom and they come out and I could kind of hear like a gagging reflex. And, and then I heard him go, no, numero uno. And he's pointing at the, at the cup, not numero dos. <laughs> So the person had wet poo, you know, in the cup, and and I just thought I I just could not I I couldn't hold it in. I was like so hard because I I heard everything, I could visualize everything, and um, yeah, it, it was great. So I I wouldn't say it was the craziest. I just really stood out because that was that's, a beginning experience with collections. That's very <laughs> unique. That poor guy. <laughs> you came in for a urinalysis, bro. <laughs> and apparently the guy didn't understand. He was Spanish. And so yeah, those were the words Larry knew. No, numero dos. <laughs> you can even do numero uno. So yeah, it was <laughs> it was fantastic. But, oh my yeah. gosh. That is that's fabulous. It reminds me one time I was doing a um a collector training with a bunch of EMTs up in Wyoming. And it was around Halloween. And so I had brought all this candy to put on the table, you know, the Halloween mix, whatever. Mm -hmm. And um, when it came time for them to do their mocks, I split them up into teams and um, they were doing their mocks, then bringing them to me so I could review their work. And a bunch of guys thought it would be super funny when I, you know, they opened their sample tubes and bring me the little tubes that they had sealed. They put the mini Twix bars in there and brought oh. them in there. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> It was it just reminded me of that. They were laughing so hard, like they thought they were the the most hilarious so guys on the yeah. I'm like very funny. Get back there and put liquid in the tube. Oh, that's great. So someone else had the idea, but not in the actual test. And the actual form, yes, yes. So that was fantastic, and I just I'll great. never forget that. I'm glad it didn't happen to you personally. You were just yes. listening. Oh, yes. <laughs> Close your office door. I am not going to go help with this one. <laughs> like you're on your own, buddy. That's right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, Venus, is there anything else you would like for us to know about yourself or drug-free business before we sign off today? Um, geez, you know, we've talked about a lot and I'm sure there'll be stuff later, but I think I'm just going to join um, on a couple of Wednesdays and, and join you guys. And yeah. It just this just reminds me of how much how great it is to talk to somebody in the industry because like you said it's hard who do I talk to I want to talk about this stuff and get it all out yeah um, so I will be joining you guys so oh, we love it well every Wednesday <laughs> at 2 p.m. Eastern which is what nine o'clock for you I think yeah, um, I'm, I'm becoming an expert in time, like immediate <laughs> yeah, time are. zone changes in my head. <laughs> Although time change, which just happened this weekend, always throws me for a loop because some right? of those people don't change and I don't know what they're doing now. But 
And well, thank you so much. This has been delightful. I really appreciate it. And um, we want all of our members to check you guys out. How do they find you? Well, they can go to drugsforebusiness.org. That's the quickest and simplest way. And also there's that demonstration of Gertrude. If you want to check it out, it's short. Tom made it. It's a really cool video. And Tom, check it out. Um, But that's probably the easiest way or, you know, they can certainly email me directly if they want, and I'd be happy to answer any questions. And your email is? vmills at drugfreebusiness.org. So- vmills, and that's V as in victory or Venus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, either one. <laughs> M-I-L-L-S at drugfreebusiness.org. And yes. also, I will just mention, um, and I don't know if it's, I think it's probably on your website, but Tom has done a video of why you should not remove marijuana from your workplace drug testing. Is that on your website? You know, I think it is. Uh, it's a Vimeo. It's a Vimeo video. Um, we are re- redoing our website, but I think they put it back on there. Um, so if anybody wants that clip, let you know mm-hmm. as well. That's been yeah, that'd be great. I can send them the link directly if they want to email yeah. me for that clip. But Perfect. yeah, that's another good one. Good deal. Thank you. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Tom's already invented it for us. With exactly. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> well, thank you again. And to our listeners, um, thank you for being with us today. Don't forget to like and subscribe and to share our podcast with your colleagues. You will learn so much and get to know other people in the industry. And as always, have a great day. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Indesa Members Memo. Subscribe to hear all of our podcasts and join Indesa to access all of our professional industry resources. Visit us at ndasa.com.